In the late 1960s, a man named Frank Hansen begins showing a sideshow exhibit. He claims it is the missing link between man and Neanderthals. What is displayed is a six-foot-tall human-like creature covered in hair. It's later examined by several scientists who swear to its authenticity. But then out of nowhere, it disappears. And when it returns, it is clearly fake. What happened to the original? You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of the Minnesota Iceman. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist basement somewhere in Georgia. It's pretty hot, actually. Uh, it could be worse. It could be, but... Because last weekend you could wear the humidity. <laughs> That's true. Man, it's a good day, though. It's my favorite day of the week, man. It's That's Mysterious right. Bruise Day. It's recording day! <laughs> So we have had three new patrons this week. Dang, that's pretty good. Yeah, we're kicking it. And since it's the beginning of the month and we're a little behind, we are going to give all our patrons a shout out. Let's do this. Leroy Jenkins. Leroy. Our new ones this week were Christy M., Joshua D., Deanna B., they all joined for the $3, and Joshua joined for the $10. Nice. Welcome, guys. We appreciate Y'all are awesome. We appreciate you. And then, of course, we have Sister of Coach, <laughs> April F., Christy M., Felicia G., George, on the West Coast, Harley I., the OG Jennifer Clickenbeard, who kicked us in the pants to get us going. Jonathan S., Joyce Brandon, and Mr. Thomas Samuels. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Nice. Hopefully everyone got their new decals. There were a couple of you that I did not have uh, your shipping address, so I reached out to you. If you've not seen that, I messaged you through Patreon, and then I'll try to follow up this next week through email dude come on man you gotta get those out like i did man people I are sent, counting on i us. sent 10 of them out one day people are counting on us if you are not a patron and you would like a decal reach out to us at mysteriousbrews at gmail.com and we will send you one for three dollars no 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 way or you can join patreon no at three dollar tier and you get one for free yeah there you go ain't sending we're Sully in our good name. We are going to be working on t-shirts, so if you would like one, please just shoot us a message and tell us your size, because we are definitely going to do a pre-order rather than get a whole shitload of shirts. Yeah, we don't need that. The shirts are great, though. I've been wearing mine all the time. Yes, and we're going to get her to do a mock-up, and then we'll put that out there on our social and hopefully get you some merchandise. Also, we're looking at doing possibly a koozie. Ooh. I want to do pint glasses. Come on. Well, that too. But I, I mean, mean come on. things remembered are no longer open in the mall. We can't just go get them. 
<laughs> pint glasses in the mall. What's wrong with you? So, Coach, I heard we had some uh, five-star reviews. We sure did. We had two this week. That's pretty awesome. Um, first one comes from a Jason G92. He said, love the guys. Can't stop listening. That's amazing. Uh, the title of that one was great and entertaining. Bree Poe Benjamin said, too cool. The guys are pretty cool and fun. They do Georgia proud, and the intro is great, too. Which, as we all know, the intro is the best part of the show because it's all me. That's right. That's pretty much the only thing that I do for the show. You do the uh, research, you do the setup, you do the editing, you do everything, and then you get pissed off at me every time because I don't have my intro. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, can we go ahead and get this going? <laughs> You've had a week, motherfucker. God. Like, <laughs> so, um, I'm trying to find, we had a cool story from our Facebook page. Yeah, a recommendation on our Facebook page, but I'm, trying, I'm not seeing it. We may have to edit. We got a uh, five-star recommendation on our Facebook um, from an Audrey Schneider, which we really found hilarious. Both of us did. Uh, She said, oh, my gosh, I love you guys. You are so fun and very thorough in your discussions on mysterious cases. Your coverage of the Janie Ward case was one of the best I've ever heard. Funny story. I've been telling my husband, quote, you got to listen to this Mysterious Bruce podcast, end quote. And he said, "Why why do they call it that? And I said, because they drink different beers during the podcast. And he said, oh, for some reason I was hearing it as mysterious bruise. Like, <laughs> How did you get that bruise on your leg? Yeah, how did you get that mysterious bruise on your leg? <laughs> so, and she said, looking forward to many more hours of listening. That is amazing. I thought that was so funny. But um, thank you for that. And uh, let's jump right in and get started on our case today but more importantly well of course what was that oh god that is shaking up what that is. <laughs> oh man it looks like i peed myself it's okay he only showers once a week and today's it <laughs> yeah actually oh man i got... dude that went everywhere <laughs> oh Thank you, good people at Surly. Um, Surly Brewing Company is the only thing from Minnesota we can get in Georgia. Uh, they do make pretty good beer, but as soon as I saw um, saw the name of this one, I had to get it because I say it all the damn time. It's a rocket surgery hazy ale, and apparently it ain't rocket surgery to open a beer because I just I obviously shook the shit out of it. Well, I don't I don't know how that happened, but. All right, so let's dive head first into the shallow end of the pool. It's definitely a moist basement now. Yes, it is. Ridiculous. So in 1967, Frank Hansen was traveling the state fair circuit, exhibiting what he called an antique first gas-powered tractor. <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but it can be the first and antique. But anyway, he was allegedly approached by a mysterious soft-spoken stranger. The man gave him a business card, told him that he had an exhibit that he may be interested in. Frank later met the stranger at a refrigerated warehouse in an unknown location. The man showed Frank the, quote, Iceman, which was stored in a box in the warehouse. Frank agreed to take the creature on the road and build it as an educational exhibit. The stranger told Frank that he found this, quote, Iceman in Minnesota. 
However, Frank has since changed his story several times. In another version, he claimed that the man had found the creature in Siberia. Which is a great place to find something like this. Well, it- And it's also our, one of the, it was I think it was a YouTube video, said that he had told some people that he was given this from the Taiwanese people. They had fished it out of the ocean. The ocean? The ocean. And then he later changes his story and says that he was given this in a block of ice because it had been shot in Vietnam. They don't have ice in Vietnam, do they? No. I'm just... (laughs) Not back then they didn't. They just invented that ice lately. That's got to be like the the worst, like, stereotypical, like, that's how you're going to... They just don't have ice in Vietnam. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no proof, nothing. Um, Well... I like the Siberia story because, man, anything can live in Siberia. Woolly mammoths are up there. I've seen the video. Ah, uh, there is a video of woolly mammoths. We might post that, but it is proven that woolly mammoths did live in Siberia for much longer than they did the rest of the world. That's where all the um, proud Russians lived when they they said how great Stalin was. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. We we gave a little bit of the backstory, but let's let's describe what we're seeing. What is this thing? All because right. I happen to have seen this thing. I have touched it. Ooh, that's nasty. It was cold. It's still nasty there. <laughs> but all right. So according to a couple of articles that we read, Boy, we are on, on it. top of it today. I this swear is, to God, I've not been drinking all day. <laughs> the complete. <laughs> it is Saturday. And I do. I did cut grass, but I did not day drink during the grass cutting episode. Mm-hmm. So the complete carcass of a, what is billed as a male hominid by scientists, they go on record stating that it was between 1.8 meters tall and 2.4 meters tall. Now, what the hell? What the hell is that? What's a meter? I don't know what that it is. A little, it roughly a, a yard, one of them yards. It's a three about, feet. About six foot tall yeah. creature. It's basically around six foot, either a little less or a little more. Yeah. And it is in a huge block of ice. Think it's Encino Man, if you've ever seen the classic Polly Shore movie. That's pretty much what it looks like. Yes. It is a solid block of ice with clearly something inside of it. Now, he, he, like y'all have been paying attention and we've not been jumping around like idiots, Frank Hansen (laughs) was telling people it was the Cyberskoy creature from Siberia. Mm -hmm. Now, this would bring attention to cryptozoologists Ivan T. Sanderson and Bernard Webelmans. Uh, uh, so the creature itself is, it, its left arm is raised above its head, and it looks as if it is trying to defend itself, if you just see it. And there's a bend in the left forearm indicating a break. So its arm is broken. Its right arm is resting on its belly, and there is a visible penis there sure is. I saw it. I saw the. I saw its penis. <laughs> it's 
It also is missing an eye. Uh, it's the eyes is missing from its socket because it is claimed that it was shot in the back of the head. So the exit wound would have been its right eye. Correct. So. Yeah. When you see it, it is now. Some, there was a show. I don't know if it was Unearthing America. Somebody allowed them to video how it was put in there. I want to say it was the guy that owns it now in Texas. Frank states that the Minnesota Iceman was discovered in the region of Siberia and that he was acting as its caretaker for an absentee owner he describes as an eccentric California millionaire. Yes, and do you know who the rumor is that it, that the, the millionaire is? Did you re- see that in your research? Mm, I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember reading it, but I may have heard it on one of the videos I watched. But go ahead, refresh uh, my memory. Well, he was in um, Jackie Gleason. No, what the fuck is that movie with the every time a bell rings, the angel gets its wings? Oh yeah, Jimmy uh, Stewart. It's, it's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, it's uh, Jimmy Stewart. I did read that. It was Jimmy Stewart. It was uh, Minnesota <laughs> Osman. <laughs> And the reason they gave for him to not want to put it on display himself is because Jimmy Stewart was very much a creationist. He did not believe in evolution, yet for some reason he owned the missing link. Yeah. And he wanted to... The rumor is that, this, again, not, not, none of this is confirmed because who the fuck knows. But um, the reason he wanted to be anonymous is because he wanted to put it out there to see how the public would react to seeing something like this that would almost certainly prove evolution to be real. Frank would travel all over the U.S. and parts of Canada, and supposedly he was detained by Canada Customs officials, where they were very concerned that he was transporting a cadaver in a block of ice. The FBI was informed. Well, which he was. <laughs> yes. If it was real. The FBI was informed, and the subject stated that he may be transporting a human murder victim. But the FBI obviously had bigger fish to fry in the late 60s, and they did not investigate it. Some people claim that they knew it was a hoax, and that's why. Yeah, at this time, the FBI is too busy investigating all the people that didn't like... um the Vietnam War. Yeah. When they were uh, investigating people like John Lennon and all those people. You know, national security stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into what made this pretty famous at the time. So the specimen was brought to the attention of cryptozoologist Ivan T. Sanderson and Bernard Wevelmans. Now, these two guys are pretty much the fathers of cryptozoology. They were just scientists at the time, and they started to get very interested in creatures such as this. And they state that they were first told about this by a naturalist named Terry Cullen. Cullen had observed the supposed carcass at the International Livestock Exposition Annual Fair in Chicago. Hansen claimed that he was only the temporary ward of the body and that it belonged to an undisclosed 
owner. Now, it goes on, the article that we're referencing is from Scientific America. It goes on to restate the stories of where he changed his ownership or found the block of ice containing said creature. And the one off that he is stating in Siberia was supposedly from a Russian seal hunting vessel. He would state later that the creature had been shot on a hunting trip in the Whiteface Reservoir region of Minnesota. So Mr. Wevelman's connected all these stories. He tried to research all these stories and basically came up with a little nugget that he had heard that in 1966, supposedly a huge ape was killed in Da Nang, Vietnam. And this is close to where Hansen had been stationed during Vietnam. So Sanderson and Wobelmans examined the Iceman in December of 1968 at Hansen's home, where it was being stored off-show for the winter. Both became convinced that it was real. So much so that they prepared detailed illustrations, and they had come up with a plan to describe the creature in technical literature terms. According to them, the body was that of a robust, barrel-chested male with a thick neck, large hands, and large feet. Its face was broad, flattened, and possessed a short, upturned nose and a prominent brow ridge. An eyeball had dangled from one of the sockets, apparently, like you said, Coach, resulting from a gunshot to the back of the head. The bend in the forearm was interpreted as evidence of a fractured radius and ulna. They were intrigued by its enormous hands. Its thumb was slendered. Slendered. Slendered man? Yeah. Slendered man. Its thumb was (laughs) slender, tapered, and long. Its nails were flat, yellow, and of an appearance that almost looked like it had been manicured. They state that a heel-like pad was present in the palm, which, according to Sanderson, suggested that this would be indicative of a habitual quadruped. At one point during the examination, the glass top that the creature was being housed in cracked. And then I had heard on a video that it was not from a crack, that they had actually removed the glass top and their examination lights were so powerful yeah, they, that it began to melt the ice. Yeah, they put a lantern on top of it and apparently the ice began to melt and a crack formed and allowed a horrible odor to emanate from inside, which they attributed to the authenticity because it's well, hard to fake yeah. it. Yeah, so they basically claimed that it was real because they just had the putrid smell of rotting flesh. And so they're really, really going to believe that this is real. Since their investigation, they refer to it as the Minnesota Iceman, and so that's where its title comes from. Now, unfortunately, Sanderson screwed up and spoke about it in the media and referred to it as Bozo, <laughs> which is kind of odd since he believes 
that it's real. Now, Wevelmans published a 69 paper in a Belgium... Waffle? Yes. Scientific (laughs) journal. Identifying it as a new species of human genus that he named Homo pongoid, referring to ape-like man. Yeah, that's that's the translation is ape-like man. He would later modify his proposal and... I am not even going to attempt. Come on. Nope. This is what people it, listen for. They want to hear it. It's French in a 74 book, and it's about 8,000 words that I'm not even please, going to. Please, please. Come on. Come on. We need it. Le homme <laughs> de Neanderthal est trujoz vivant. Nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. Co-authored with a Russian historian, economist, and crypto hominid expert, Boris Portsneff. Now, a primatologist with the Smithsonian, John Napier, was extremely interested in it and was invited to examine the Iceman. He became sure that it was a latex model. Now, this is where some of the conspiracy theories for this kind of start. Well, here's what happens is the original disappears. He it's gone. It the uh, Mr. Hansen takes it off the circuit of uh, sideshows. I mean, if carnivals, fairs, whatever he's touring the country doing, he takes it away. He stops displaying it, and suddenly he reemerges with what everyone that saw the original described as the new one is completely fake. It is obvious that it is not what they first saw. Everyone's going to agree to that. The cryptozoologists that saw the first one, they say that one's, it's not even in the same position. Yeah, it's, they, from what I can gather, if you had seen it earlier and then you saw it after it reemerged on the circuit, it was once you laid eyes on it, you were automatically, this is not the same thing I saw. Mm-hmm. Now, Sanderson would gain notoriety for being the science edit- editor for. Argosy Magazine, and he would write an article about the Iceman in the April 1969 issue under the headline, Is This the Missing Link Between Man and Apes? He would speak about it in television appearances. So touching back on the fact that the Iceman had changed, uh, Wevelmans would state that photos over the years would show a difference in the form of the face and the body. In some of the photos, the mouth is closed, and in others, it's open, clearly revealing a complement of large teeth. One model, supposedly, was more realistic than the other one, and then, supposedly, Hansen had defrosted and froze another model again on consensual, or not consensual, consecutive outings. Each time, it would take on a different pose and appearance. Now, if you research this online, most of the time when you type in Minnesota Iceman, the first thing to come up on Google is Minnesota Iceman hoax. And because of the rubber appearance, the way that it changed, that's where most people say that it is a hoax. Yeah, even the Wikipedia page, uh, the first line says... um first line says, uh, it's a sideshow exhibit and elaborate hoax that depicts a fake man-like creature flows, f- float, flozen? 
Frozen. <laughs> Frozen in a block of ice. Now, I can... The only thing that I can attest to 100% is that it's real ice. Because I touched it. My wife and I were in Austin, Texas at the Museum of the Weird, and we saw it. Now, the hoax would throw... Wevelins and Sanderson into the uncredible scientist, even though they were very credible when they first saw the specimen. What makes the Minnesota Iceman interesting in, con- in the context of cryptozoology is how it was interpreted by people that saw it when it first started its circuit on the freak show. And their original description of the creature. Now, thanks to Webelman's influence, the concept of the fact that it was an Asian crypto hominid with an upturned nose, distinctive facial features, hand and foot anatomy, and barrel-shaped chest would catch on. Another crypto hominid researcher... Helmut Luce Wissowa argued in 1994 that the images from ancient art were consistent with the original description of the creature, hence the knowledge of homo pongoids. Of course, anytime you research legends and stories of wild hairy people, <laughs> you're going to get some hoaxes. I say you're going to get some people from Alabama. Or the wilds of Minnesota. (laughs) According to the Scientific America article, a large number of wild man reports collected from the Caucasus in West Mongolia from researcher Boris Porshnev and Dmitry Bayanov have been said to be uncannily similar to the Minnesota Iceman in their anatomy and therefore interpreted sightings that this species still lives. Now, supposedly, there are over 20 reports collected in northern Pakistan that describe a creature that is eerily similar to the wild man. Now, investigators also trump the fact that Wevelmans came up with a new species and that they are all valid biological entities into the record. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's my contribution. Hmm. Yeah. Well, supposedly the Iceman's model and the species traits that they have found from skeletons that have been unearthed really lead credence to the fact that this is an actual, well, the original was an actual living creature. Of course, people are always going to pick and choose what they want to see well that is true but this is the end for this uh this particular creature in 2013 it's going to be auctioned off on ebay and this is where the man from austin decides to purchase it for twenty thousand dollars yep and he is the curator of the museum of the weird in austin i was telling you, Arlo, that I saw this thing, and I was swearing up and down it was in New Orleans. But 
my my lovely wife reminded me that no, it was when we were when her and I went to Austin for the very first time. And the man in question is Mr. Steve Boosty. Mm-hmm. The eBay auction claimed that this was the original. It was not the the latex uh, the latex dummy that was later put on display. This was supposedly the absolute original. And when I saw it, I'll be honest, it looked very much like the description and the the drawings of the the original. The the pose was in the exact same place. It had the missing eye. It it had his his his, his uh, penis exposed. <laughs> <laughs> the arm did look broken, but honestly, I couldn't tell you if it was real or not. I know the ice was real. I touched the ice, but. You know, I really want to believe in these sort of things, and but I just couldn't, I wouldn't swear to it. I would lead credence to the fact that the original, when it first started in the 60s, may have been a Neanderthal mm-hmm. because of it's hard to fake the stench of rotten flesh, mm-hmm. especially if you're not smelling it. And then as the ice starts to melt, the crack in the mm-hmm. glass, and then you have several, several people on record stating this is not what I saw the first time I saw it. Yeah, Mr. Hansen himself is going to admit, once he puts it back on display, he's going to admit that it's fake. They're going to trace it back to the the company he commissioned it from. He's going to um, claim that the the original owner decided that he didn't want it displayed anymore, and so he took it back, and it left Mr. Hansen without his most famous attraction, so he went out of his way to... Recreate it, and he, from all, in from all witness sightings that saw both of them, did a poor, poor job of recreating it. Now, when it first, according to certain articles and certain YouTube videos, when it first appeared, and people started talking about it, it was five or six months before the Patterson-Gimlin film, Mm -hmm. which people that debunk the whole thing state that the company that he used to make the replica also made the Patterson-Gimlin Patty suit, which we all know is not true because they have done anatomical uh, what you call it about the video? Have we, as we have spoken before, you're not ever, ever, ever going to convince me that the Patterson Gimlin was a hoax. And though I was not there, I was not alive. I have watched pretty much every single video on the internet pertaining to the Patterson Gimlin film. I have watched breakdown after breakdown after breakdown after breakdown. I've watched people trying to prove it's a hoax. I've watched people trying to prove it's real. I've watched people just trying to stabilize it just for the hell of it. That is real. To, like, the amount of the time, effort, and expertise it would have taken to create something fake that did all the things that that quote-unquote Bigfoot suit did it's just it just wasn't possible well and I go back to look at you know we've referenced this on several occasions that when they were filming Return of the Jedi that Chewie 
had to be escorted by. Yeah, the guy that played Chewbacca had to be escorted around Oregon with two guys in orange vests just to ensure that he would not get shot. And in Chewie's suit, and that's very realistic of the time, you don't see muscle flexes and things no, like that. he's just covered in hair. Yeah. And I would say that that was a pretty um, state-of-the-art suit at that time. And they still couldn't re- replicate what you see on the, that film. No. So that's basically the case of the Minnesota Iceman. So we'll get into our theories. And like I've stated previously, I believe that the original Iceman, when it first started in carnivals and sideshows and things like that, I believe that it was either a quote missing link or it was a neanderthal yeah i don't for i don't think this is a sasquatch no not not at all i think it's a neanderthal to be honest with you i don't know from what time period i know that they claim it's a gunshot but that's just a claim you know what what if what could what if the story about them finding it in the ocean in siberia is true could it just been there floating for years and years and years and they just discovered it well and you could also go back to it may not be a gunshot because they never was able to actually see the wound it may have been you know this neanderthal was killed by a spear to the Mm -hmm. back of the head Mm -hmm. and then it poked out its eye Mm -hmm. so you know that would kind of do away with the gunshot theory yeah i mean but and we all know that they're they have unfrozen or found frozen examples of hominids that have arrows embedded in them, um, artifacts that they didn't think they were able to craft at the time. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Also, there is the story out there of Russian soldiers supposedly cornering a Neanderthal in a cave and they executed it. So, you know, depending on what story you believe, the origin story of the Minnesota Iceman, the gunshot wound may or may not be true. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I mean, what I don't like about this is the changing of the stories. Like, you know, oh, we killed it in Minnesota, or no, we found it in Siberia, or no, it was in Vietnam. I understand that you need, you know, when it comes to carnival shows and fairs, the old adage, you're not selling, the, you sell the sizzle, not the steak. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to have to make a wild story to get people interested. So who knows what actually happened? But, and it's so easy for us to be cynical about it and just be like, oh, this is just a hoax, just like everybody says. I mean, it's clearly a hoax. It's clearly a dude in a suit. But there's so many reports of people that saw both of them and say they all in agreement that this one now is not the one we saw. The 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 scientists that researched it, they both state this is not the same one. Why get why did the so-called quote unquote millionaire decide not to let it be displayed anymore? Who knows? Is the one that was sold in 2013 is that was that the original or was that the fake? There's at least so we know there's been at least two of these. One is admittedly a fake. The other one has not. 
did the one I saw at the Museum of the Weird was that it it the hopeful me wants to say it looked real. But skeptical me was like, I don't know. Yeah, and I think it's gonna take It's an easy fix. Yeah, just unthought. Just unthought. And take a sample and yeah. freeze him again. Yeah. And really they say that the difference between the original and the fake is in the original, the ice was not as cloudy mm-hmm. as the the fake one, which mm-hmm. would lead credence to they tried to make another block of ice. Well, the one I saw was very cloudy. It was very cloudy. You could tell there was something in there. You could tell it was hairy. But, you know, it wasn't crystal clear ice. I promise you that much. But you're right. It, it it would be easily fixed if they decided to unthaw and see if the one that was purchased on eBay is the original. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is the story of the Minnesota Ice Well, what Man. do you think? What do you think? We, didn't, we never gave our theories. I just gave mine. I said, I think the first one was real. You think the first one was real? Yeah. So. I think the original, their detailed... You know, and they went about it in a scientific method of detailing what they saw, mm-hmm. the brow ridges, the palm pad, everything. I mm-hmm. think that is leads credence to that it is that it was real, the first mm-hmm. one. Now the But not a Sasquatch. No, not a Sasquatch just, at all. I would say a Neanderthal. Mm-hmm. Or I, just another hominid that, you know, has not been professionally documented like a as miss, like a missing link type thing. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm going to side with you, man. I'm going to say the first one was real. For whatever reason, that owner decided to take it away, and the and the man said, well, I'm, I'm, I was making money hand over fist with this. i got to keep that money train going, so he got a fake one. And everybody saw through it. Everybody saw through his bullshit. So suggestions, recommendations. I would recommend that you do your own research in this one. There's plenty of... Uh, YouTube videos out there that detail the history and things like that. I want to say there's a history channel episode. Like I was saying, they do some kind of research on it. Um, There's also, if you search in your favorite podcast app, there's a couple of podcasts out there Mm -hmm. about the Minnesota Iceman. And uh, one of the videos that I watched is my all time favorite, uh, youtube channel night terrors did one five years ago but one good thing about this covid uh it's brought him back he's actually you know he got he got sent home into quarantine just like the rest of us and it gave him time to keep making videos so he's back and i love that guy i love his voice he's just like the Minnesota Iceman. yeah he's hilarious <laughs> Kenny so, yeah, that's my recommendation is look up Night Terrors. Um, look up the Minnesota Iceman video and then just prowl around on his page. and It's good stuff, man. Well, like we said in the opening, if you are interested in our new decal, give us a shout, become a patron, and you get one at the $3 level or higher. Uh, we want to thank all of our patrons again. And if you are a patron... Spread the word, and if you're not a patron and you don't feel like donating every month, go to Apple iTunes and give us a five-star review. It really helps us climb the charts. But honest to goodness, the people that are patrons, man, thank you so, so much. Like, it's amazing. 
It is. It's hum. It's a very humbling experience that we got three this week. Yeah. Um, we're planning on doing some stuff for our uh, 50th episode and our one year anniversary. So if you got like a weird story, like maybe some user stories, do a little small mini episode on that. So if you've had a paranormal encounter or something weird or something you can't explain or somebody you know is missing or something like that, let us know and we'll uh, we'll try to do a user um user story episode as well as probably a countdown of our top five best top five worst episode <laughs> and that will be a spitballing episode so you'll get us at our finest <laughs> which if you have listened to our show from the beginning you probably already know which one's the worst one like it's not a surprise no we bring it up damn near we every were, other week <laughs> we were hammered hammered <laughs> so yeah so Thanks again. Again, it's very humbling. You know, we're just two dingalings in a basement and getting a little bit of traction. We are grateful yeah, beyond man, it's, words. It's, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. Well, Coach, you got anything else? No, sir. Well, I guess it's time to uh, deuces. <laughs> <laughs>